Thanks for tuning in to today's Horsewoman podcast. Our show explores women in the horse industry as they share their dreams, challenges, successes. What drives these women? Well, let's find out. This is Rose Cushing, and I'm the host of today's Horsewoman podcast. I'm very excited this morning. Our guest is Kristen Mew, and Kristen's just coming off of a huge championship in EXCA, a delightful young woman that has an amazing career in the horse industry already. So, Kristen, thanks for being on the show. Yes, thank you for having me. So, tell me a little bit about how you got involved with horses. What drew you to them? Well, when my mom was a little girl... Her mother had horses, and so then when my mom and dad met, obviously, they got horses together. So basically, I was born into horses, and we would go trail riding, and my mom and dad did team pinning and sorting, and we just did a lot of riding with friends, and it was a lot of fun. I remember that you you started out with, I think how I met you, you were doing a Mustang makeover, weren't you? Yes, ma'am. So tell me a little... Go ahead. It kind of all started, um, I had a little pony named Ginger, and she was our family generation pony because my sister rode her first, then my brother, then me, and then uh, later on when she passed, I had to get another pony because I was devastated and, (laughs) you know, I just had to have another pony. So I got this pony. And his name is Snickers. I still have him, actually. I've met Snickers. (laughs) Me and Snickers have been through it all. When I first got him, he was not broke at all. So I had to train him (laughs) all over. And I watched all these horse videos on YouTube and tried to get as much information as I could for training. I could teach my little pony anything and everything. And by the end of it, me and Snickers were riding around on our farm all over, very right bridal as he do anything for me. And it was a cool experience. That is an amazing experience. There's nothing more satisfaction given, I think, that when you ask a horse to do something and he does it because he wants to. For sure. And he ended up, we used to do, it's called Cowboys for Christ. It's where you go around different places and you share Jesus. And we would do like... Um, demonstrations of when Jesus was being crucified and then, you know, when he was raised again, things like that, and that was always fun, and I actually ended up taking Snickers to my very first horse show as far as, like, when I was younger, Mom and Dad had took me to some and led me around and things, but as far as me being able to ride by myself and stuff, he was actually the first horse that I rode at a show, and it was fun. That's so cute. Now, I know when I met you, you were doing the Mustang thing, but you'd already had a pretty successful career as a jumper. Yes, ma'am. So tell me a little bit about that. I loved hunter jumpers. I went all over, um, and when I got in high school, I did the IEA. It's where you go somewhere, and you your name is drawn out of a hat, and they give you a horse. You don't have any time to warm up on it. You have about maybe five minutes to just get on and move around for like a second and then you have to go show the horse so it teaches you a lot about yourself and being able to just get in sync with a horse in a short period of time and then go show it right so then you got involved with the mustang world and you had a, a 
wonderfully successful career with the Mustang makeovers. So tell us about that. Well, if you don't mind, I'm going to share this. Before I did the Mustangs, while I was doing the Hunter Jumpers, and I was successful in that, I had won some championships and stuff. But during that, I also was doing Selling Stock Horse, and that started in 2011. Um, and I won my first championship in that for year-end in 2012, all the way through 2014, or 2015, I mean. I had forgotten um, that. I'm glad you brought it up. Yes, ma'am. Now, that's a big crossover from the hunter-jumper world to the Southern Stock Horse Association. So, what made you decide to go that direction? Well, I kind of started Southern Stock Horse before I did English. But, like, at home, I love jumping, and I used to watch um, Saddle Club. You're right. <laughs> and I just, but that's kind of how all that started. I see. So, you, you were a young champion in Southern Stock Horse then, weren't you? How old were you? I don't know. I was probably about, I think I was around 10. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking because I've known you a long time now. So, and you're not very old now. So that's, you know, <laughs> you had to be pretty young. Yes, so, yes. so you had success in the hunter-jumper world. You were a Southern Stock Horse champion. What else have you done? So then after that, this is all kind of like entwined together. Like it wasn't just like I quit cold turkey on something. Yeah. Um, so then in 2013, and like I said, I started selling stock horse. I was doing hunter jumpers in 2011 and so on. But then in 2013, I did my first um, Extreme Mustang makeover, and this was the Mustang Million. It was at Fort Worth, Texas. This was my very first time doing a Mustang, and this was the big one because they, in prize, they had like a million dollars or whatever. I know. And it was just crazy. I had so much fun. Uh, this Mustang was most definitely, looking back, one of my most challenging ones. And it's funny because it was my first one and I was still used to it. Everything was enhanced. But his answer to everything was to rear and to just try to get away. Um, but his name is Angus. And the reason I named him that is because it stands for the only choice. And he comes from <laughs> New Mexico. He ended up being a wonderful horse. I still have him today. He's sweet. He wants to be in your pocket. He doesn't want you to leave him in the rain. He turned out to be spoiled. But we went to Texas, and we finished 12th out of 67 years. And I was very excited and proud for my very first Mustang makeover. I would say so, because the Mustang Million is like the best of the best. So it's not like it was just a little backyard thing. No, man. <laughs> so that's pretty impressive. So then after that, I got my second Mustang in 2014, and we competed in the Yay Youth and Yearling um, competition in Tennessee. And he comes from Oklahoma, and I named him Slate or Clean Slate because I feel like when you get a Mustang, you're giving them a clean slate starting over. And me and him ended up winning overall champions. And then we went right into 2015, and I got my Mustang Twister. We named him Twister because we picked him up in Nebraska, and on the way home, he was twisting all around in the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why we named him Twister, and he comes from um, Nevada. And me and him also won. This was at Fort Worth. We went back to Fort Worth since 2013. Super cool to be back, and we won that's the overall championship. So that was really, really cool. And weren't you the youngest person to ever win that competition, if I remember right? That 
was in 2017, and I'm about to tell you about that. Too. Okay. <laughs> All right. So then in 2016, I just took a little break because I was from the Mustangs at least because I was so ready to ride. Uh-huh. And then all of them in hand, and I was just dying to ride. I was like, so I kind of took a break, and that's when I started EXDA, but I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but 2017, I finally got my first riding horse, and I was so ready. So uh, I started him, did all the work, you know, and we headed to Lexington, Virginia. His name was Smokin' Tux. Uh, my sister gave me the idea because he has a blaze down his face, and it kind of looks like a tuxedo. So that is where he got his name from. Right. We headed to Lexington, Virginia. I was so excited. I had worked really, really hard. And Tux definitely did not let me down. Um, we made it to the finals. I was sitting in first. And um, we got the overall champion. We got the Young Gun Championship buckle, which means you, I was the youngest to compete. And then we also got fan favorites. So it was like a very cool golden story that I'll never forget. It was awesome. And in our freestyle, we ended up actually got perfect scores. Wow. Uh, and that was really, really cool, and I'll never forget that. Now, for the folks out there listening, when you do a Mustang makeover, if you're under 18, it's all in hand and there's no riding and you're working with yearlings. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. Sometimes it is two-year-olds, but, yeah, you're not allowed to ride them. Uh, you're required to do everything in hand. But, it, but you get to keep your horse. Yes, and you only have 90 days to get this horse ready for a competition. Wow, that's not long. <laughs> no. So then right after that makeover, I was invited to do the Mustang Magic. It's in body only. Yeah. And I was so excited. I got my horse. She was from Idaho. I can't remember at the moment where Tux was from. Um, I think he was from Oklahoma, too. But anyways, I named her Magic Arrow because, obviously, it was Mustang Magic, and on her hindquarters, she had what looked like an arrow, so that's what I called her. Cool. And we headed to Texas. We had worked, me and my brother-in-law actually went together, and we had worked really hard, and um, we both had horses. They were doing good, and when we got there, I got the flu. So, it was freezing because it was in January, and it was so cold, and it was freezing, you know, and I just felt awful. Uh, I tried my best. I ended up, I did make it back to um, the top 10, which was good. That was my goal. Uh, I was just so tired, though, because of having the flu. It was just really hard, but I took it out because we had driven all the way to Texas, and I wasn't going to just quit. So, yeah, we ended up making top 10 uh, we, we did good. Um, I was really proud of her. But I wish I wouldn't have had the flu because I feel like I could have shown my horse better, you know. Right. It's amazing that, was, that you, you made it through the competition having the flu because that's a pretty stiff competition. For sure, yeah. And nerve-wracking because there's so many people. Like, it's jam-packed. There's no seats left. Right. So what did you do do after that? All right, so I started the um, Extreme Cowboy Racing Association in 2016. That's when I took my little break um, with the Mustangs. Now tell us a little bit. Time, tell, I still did. Tell us a little bit about what the Extreme Cowboy Racing is. So Extreme Cowboy Racing is a timed obstacle course, but they want to see good horsemanship, but it be fast. Right. Um, 
So it's really cool because it's very challenging to be at a high speed and also keep good horsemanship and your horses be really soft and windy. So it has really pushed me to make my horses the best that we can be together. Um, so, yeah, in 2016 I started that. Um, and I went to Worlds the first year. And I was just so excited to be there. And then I ended up making top 10 with both horses. And I remember that I did get reserve champion by, like, it was, like, a quarter of a point. It was, I think it was less than that. It was crazy. Maybe wow. Anyways. So, yeah, me and my Mustang Twister that I had won with in the Mustang makeover in 2015, he was a three-year-old, and he got reserve champion. So awesome. That was super cool. That is awesome. We just kept doing that, and I'm still doing it in 2022. And... Every year I made it in the top 10. Every year I was in the top. Um, I think the next year, I was in the youth at this time. And that next year I had a little bobble. And I was in the top 10, but I ended up not doing too good because we had a little bobble. But then in 2017, I believe I was in the intermediate class. But anyways, every year I was in the top 10, and last year and the year before, I sat in third overall, and then this year, I won overall champion, which was so cool. I was, I've worked for it so hard, and I was so excited, because I was in the non-pro, and that's a really tough class, um, and we won overall championship, that was with my horse, Oakley, and then we also got the uh, go-round buckle, which means the first two days of the competition. Mm-hmm. So the first two days of the competition, everybody's there. So there's 37 people in my class. And me and Oakley got first the first day. And I also had my Mustang. He got fourth the first day. And the second day, he beat Oakley. He got first. And I believe she got, no, excuse me, first day, she got first. He got seventh. Second day, he got first. She got fourth. And so it was funny because a show prior to that was our regional show. And one day she won. And she got second the next day. He won, and she got second. So it was kind of funny. That uh, was funny. Going in the finals, my horses were in the top, I think, four. It was super cool. So, so Oakley won overall, and Twister got six, which was really impressive for my Mustang. I was really proud of them. Yeah. And then, lastly, I wasn't expecting this. I didn't know it at all. But they give an overall bustle. Out of the whole entire competition of the whole week, who had the highest scores? Uh-huh. And me and Oakley got that, and it was very, very cool to get that award. That is amazing. So, the EXCA, I've watched it on television with Craig Cameron, of course. But the the obstacles are complicated, and they're not they're not like your regular trail challenge. And to do those obstacles and do them good and do them fast is a challenge. I mean, hats off to you, girl, because that's that's a high-paced environment, with, and it's heavy competition with super good riders. So to win that is a big deal. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Last year, um, me and my horse, we were doing good, and uh, there was a ground tie. Uh, I, was with, I was using my horse, Miss Kitty. Um, and there was a ground tie, and she got nervous and didn't ground tie, uh-huh. and she broke one of my reins. So when that happens, if your horse leaves you or whatever, you have about, I think it's 60 seconds or maybe 30. I'm not sure. I think it's 60. So anyways, 
you know, horses, like, that's a lot. So horses can get hyper and, you know, excited. So she ran to the gate, and I ran, and as I was putting my foot in, I was lifted off the ground, and they blew the whistle. And so I wasn't sure if I was considered DQ, because if you're not back on your horse under the six mi- or under the minutes, you're DQ. Right. But everybody thought that I wasn't, so even if I was, I was all the way there. I was in finals. I was going to finish riding the course. Right. So I got on my horse, and she only had one rein, and we did all the obstacles. She was amazing for one rein, and Craig Cameron told me, he said, even though you got disqualified, nobody will ever forget what just happened. That was legendary, and uh, it was just really cool, and it meant a lot, especially coming from him. Absolutely, and you know when a horse spooks and breaks a rein, that is a big deal, and it takes a little bit to get them calm back down and focus. So that was a big achievement. It certainly is a testament to your training ability. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Well, thank you. And there's 13 obstacles. So at this point, we had only done two, so we had all those obstacles left to do. And I was just, it meant a lot, and I'll never forget it to be able to do all those obstacles with one rein because they are at a very high difficulty you know so. they are they truly are and what what is the overall average time to complete the course with 12 obstacles i'm just curious well it depends sometimes um like if they make it more of a faster course where it's not as technical it might be like right after two minutes and then if it's a more technical course it might be right at three minutes or a little before and see, that's that's really fast because when I set up the trail challenge stuff at my events, you, and when we used to do it, uh, kept a, a time on it, you had to complete the whole course in six minutes, and there's there's only six obstacles, so that's a minute per obstacle. So when you're doing 12 obstacles in three minutes, that's just a few seconds per obstacle, so that's pretty impressive. Well, thank you. And um, during all this as well, uh, I like trying stuff, so that's you know, I just love trying different things. So in January of 2018, during all this as well, I got my first training horse, and I fell in love. Uh, I had a great trainer and friend. Um, we consider family now, but we rode with them, and I sewed, and I have gotten a few different horses. Because when I started out, I just kind of got a horse that was, like, more laid back, kind of knew what she was doing so I could learn it. Right. And after that, I bought me some young horses and got them I trained them and got them going and showed them, and it was it was fun. I won several different championships. I competed in futurities and got, like, reserve championships. It was just a lot of fun, and I love it. I have my horse, Shiny. He's now a five-year-old, and I competed um, in Virginia with him uh, as a four-year-old in the futurity, and we had, like, one little bobble. But we were sitting like six months ahead of everyone else. It was a crazy experience. But because of that little bubble, I ended up, we still got reserve champions. But I was just so proud. It was an awesome experience to be a big futurity and be good. For sure. And a futurity is a high-pressure race, too, because, again, it's the best of the best. For sure. Mm-hmm. Hey, y'all. This is Lonnie from Mule City Specialty Feeds, located in Benson, North Carolina. It's almost springtime. Is your horse blooming? Does your horse have a shiny coat and healthy hooves? How much extra time and money are you spending mixing supplements in the feed room when you could be enjoying your horse in the arena or out on the trail? Then look no further. Mule City Specialty Feeds has a line of equine feeds 
that delivers maximum nutrition from your performance horse to your weekend trail horse. Our line of Maximum Nutrition Equine Feeds offers five different complete balanced formulas that will take you out of the feed room and into the saddle. In addition to equine feeds, we also offer complete feeds for your barnyard pets and livestock. For more details, visit our website at mulecity.com, follow us on Facebook, or give us a call at 1-800-587-9229. And don't forget, Mule City delivers. So what are you doing now? Well, right now I'm doing extreme cowboy racing, and I still do raining. Um, but I'm looking into doing some of the American Ranch Horse Association or AQHA Ranch Horse Versatility. Um, so, but right now I'm just doing EHA and NRHA. Well, that that's enough to keep you busy for sure. <laughs> for sure. So how many horses do you have, woman? Oh, I got too many. Um, but as far as show horses, I keep four horses. You sound like four. me. I, I used to say I, I don't count them out loud because I don't want Rodney to know the real number. <laughs> <laughs> I got enough to keep him busy. I bet so, for sure. So you're out of school now, right? Yes, ma'am. So what, what's left on your bucket list in the horse world? So on my bucket list is... I mentioned two of them already, but American Ranch Horse Association and the HUHA Ranch Horse Association are versatility. Uh, I would love to do them. And then this is like, this is at the top of my bucket list. I have always wanted to do the NRCHA. It is National Rain Cutting Horse Association. Yeah. Rain Cow Horse Association. Yeah. And I absolutely would love to do that. It has raining in it, which I love. It has the cow work in it, which um, I've done some of. I'm not. I'm definitely not ranked up there with the big guys by no means. But in the Southern Stock Horse, we had to do some of the working cow classes, like you would have to do there. And yeah. I've just always dreamt of doing that. And I hope that one day I'll get the opportunity. Well, one of my best friends, Jerry King, is a many, many time world cutting champion. He doesn't live too far from you. He's in Parkton. And he has cows that you can come up to his place and work. So sure. we're actually good friends with him. <laughs> yeah. So and he's a great teacher. For sure. So, so that would be a good opportunity for you for sure. Well, thank you. What kind of advice do you have for young women coming into our industry? Because our industry is a tough place to make a living. And for you know, sure. What What advice could you give young women as to how to be successful and leave their mark on the world? Well, I definitely say be friendly, be social, always talk to people, don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, there's a lot of good people in the horse world, and they're ready to answer anything you might have a question about. It's just the fact that you got to ask. Um, so never give up. Always push forward, even if it feels like you're never getting there. You're going to eventually get there, because I have felt like that many, many times, but just don't ever give up. And most importantly, if you have the Lord. As the first priority of your life, you're never going to get led the wrong way. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% on that one. Um, definitely. It's been a pleasure talking to you this morning. If people have questions or want to, to reach out to you and talk to you, how could they reach you best? Uh, so we have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. It's called Southern Detour Performance Horses. Uh -huh. And... 
They're more than welcome to message me on there. And one more thing before you go. I can't resist giving the Southern Detour shop a little plug. So do you guys <laughs> still have that going on? Oh, yeah. We still got it going on. We're actually working on the online uh, page. But we are like the business page. We have Facebook and Instagram, but we're setting up a website to make it more convenient for people. Uh, but we, we definitely still got that. And we every day we post pictures of our new clothes. You don't miss anything, and we try to keep everybody updated. Because they are beautiful, and there's always a good selection of stuff in general. And you don't find that stuff everywhere. So you guys check out Southern Detour Performance Horse and southerndetour.com. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. And our boutique, we handpick everything that is definitely unique, and we try to get things that look perfect for you. I know. I, I your, your collection's beautiful. There's no doubt about it. Well, thank you for being with us today, and we enjoyed talking to you. And, and as always, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Our souls wander in similar places. Even though we may not know each other, we touch the same wind, we walk under the same sky, and our hearts wander in the same dreams. We are one, women just like you and me. Thank you for listening.